Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Audio Judo. Uh, I'm Kyle. I'm Matthew. This week we are talking about uh, something newish. Yeah. Something, yeah. something made within the last 10 years. Right. This is uh, unlike anything we've really talked about before on it, the show. It definitely is. And, uh, we're branching out, stretching our legs. Uh, don't pin us up. Yeah. Pin us down. Don't box pin us, us up. Oh, there we go. I couldn't. Didn't quite get that. Oh boy. We have some uh I have some uh old Oh yeah, let's go with the old business. news first. Old business. Um so we are we had our holiday episode and I got some feedback on uh from uh show consultant Chris Ooh. about a couple of uh top five lists. He had uh first he was very pissed at me because he, he felt that it was a it was impossible to do to oh. narrow it down to that many. And I challenged him, I said that's that's part of the fun. I said, you have to really think about it less about the inherent music quality and more about the memories and what it brings to you, to you. And he's like, oh, I guess I could do that. And he sent like five different lists. So I'll, <laughs> I'll read like two of them. Uh, one of them is the, oh my God, I'm my parents top five Christmas songs. <laughs> uh, one is I'll home, uh, I'll be home for Christmas. Two is it's the most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams. Three is home for the holidays by Perry Como. Uh, four, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas by Johnny Mathis, and five, the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. So, oh, okay, very much like his parents, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, as another list he had was the Bass Rankin top five list of Christmas songs. Ooh. So he had the uh, Cold Miser slash Heat Miser song. Good one. Silver and Gold. That's Burl Ives. Right? Uh, put one foot in front of the other. Oh, that's a good one too. I believe in Santa Claus, and it's a difficult responsibility. Burgermeister Meisterberger yeah, sings that one. Burgermeister Meisterberger. In the year without a Santa Claus. I can't believe 
I did not even. And it didn't even register. No. Did not even pop into my mind any of those songs. That's fantastic. And he made it a point to mention that uh, Hard Candy Christmas uh, that Heather uh, put on her list is is one of his favorites. So, <laughs> so that was nice to hear. Um, his bottom three was Blue Christmas by Elvis, um, Baby It's Gold Outside, which seems to be appearing on everybody's list. Right? And Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Oh, God. Which is just... Uh, it's what just a, terrible. What a depressing song. You lost, we killed grandma right before Christmas. Merry da, Christmas, da, da, da. everybody. Enjoy it. Go watch some football. So that's uh, Chris's list. So everybody, if you're out there still listening to this, uh, send us your Christmas list. Yes. And uh, if we don't have time to read them in future episodes, we'll sock them away and hopefully talk about them uh, at the end of the year this year yeah and end of 2020 christmas 2020 we're definitely going to do another exactly. another holiday episode um and uh we had a episode release today yes and i already got some feedback on uh someone else's top five albums of 2019 Ooh. um christian sent me his Ooh. so he's already listened so uh his top five were uh, the outer wilds original soundtrack by andrew prelo apparently that's a video game Ooh. Uh, local natives violet street which was on my list uh, harbor thoughts on letting go a half moon run a blemish in the great light which was honorable mentions yes. and moth in the flame ruthless so hmm. um We'll put those in uh, our show notes. So if yeah. you want to check those out and listen to them, maybe maybe they make your lists as well. As well. Um, but that's the old business I have um, from the last two episodes. But you can get a hold of us at uh, info at audiojudo.com. Send us your lists. Please. Uh, we will utilize that information and uh, give you a shout out on the podcast and hopefully talk about whatever you bring up at some point uh, on our journey here. Indeed. So we are ready to go to talk about what? Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino. Childish Gambino. Childish Gambino, a.k.a. A Donald Glover. Donald Glover. A.k.a. Lando Calrissian. Indeed. A.k.a. Troy Barnes from Community. Yes, a.k.a. McDJ. Stand-up comedian, DJ, Simba, director, writer, producer of the Emmy and Golden Globe winning show Atlanta. Yes. Rapper. Yes. And then there's this album. Yes. And he is... He is what I would consider the current renaissance man. Oh, my God. The yes. polymath, as it were. He has done so much stuff. Like in researching this episode, I kept finding more and more. And I'm like, no, oh God, no, I don't. We don't have the time to bring all this up. Right. And what's even a bigger deal is that he's really, really good at all of it. Yes. It's one thing to just do a lot of stuff. He's, he's okay at this. He's, he's okay. okay at that. He's fantastic at all of all it. All of it. And that's, uh, it's impressive. It's depressing. It's incredibly depressing. Because I'm not even good at one thing. <laughs> like, he's good at all those things. Right. Give me one. And then, e even then, when you're like, okay, yeah, he, he can make this album. But really, I mean, you know, he's only doing one thing on here, right? No. He plays a whole bunch of different instruments. Yep. Uh, the glockenspiel. Who the hell knows how to play a glockenspiel? Well, two of my kids know how to play the glockenspiel. Oh, okay. And so, uh, do, producer, so do I. Producer <laughs> Randy is raising his hand. Matthew apparently knows how to play the glockenspiel, yeah, so do. apparently never mind. But apparently <laughs> everybody knows how to play the glockenspiel except, except Kyle. Except so, Kyle. Uh, Kyle, you don't play the glockenspiel? Apparently not. Oh, my God. Is it, uh, where'd you go to school? Come on. Uh, yeah, public school. That's ah, the problem. I see. Well, you know, yeah. there's still time. 
I guess, yeah, I suppose I could learn to play the glockenspiel later in life. Yeah, why not? You know, just but, a old retired glockenspiel player. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. You can serenade John with the glockenspiel. <laughs> you know what every, everyone <laughs> wants. It's a good glockenspiel yeah. serenade. So but, I'm not a huge rap fan. I can appreciate it for what it is. You know, I know a lot of it is really good. It's just not the style of music that I uh, generally uh, listen to. There are a few exceptions. When Connor came to me and said I needed to listen to this Childish Gambino fella several years ago, I was a little bit apprehensive, but I was willing to try it. So I listened to the previous album uh, because of the internet. Yeah. Because of the internet. And uh, um, as I probably expected, I didn't really enjoy listening to it too much. It was good, just not uh, my cup of tea if you will so when he said when said son says you have to listen to his next record i was a little skittish he said it's totally different and i'm like well the difference between uh, van halen one and van halen two of which there is no difference they're essentially exactly <laughs> the same or the difference between pablo honey and kid a by radiohead which isn't even in the same universe yeah so by the way makes an interesting uh, show idea that we should explore at some point bands that have had or bands that have radically shifted their style between records. Oh, that'd be cool. So I know Radiohead was a more gradual transition, but still you get the point, like one thing to the other. That would be a, that'd be a fun episode. Anyway, he said radically different. Okay. I'll try. Hmm. Yeah. This is not what I was expecting to hear released in what December, 2016. Yes. December 2nd, 2016. R&B filled, soul saturated, funky ass record. It has so many influences from 70s funk, uh, from, uh, I mean, uh, George Clinton and Funkadelic is all over this album. All over it. Uh, it's, it's great. It's, it's so different from, like you said, because the internet and uh, I'm drawing a blank on the other. Camp. Camp. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even some of his earlier mixtape stuff, mm-hmm. it's so different from all of that that it's almost unbelievable. Like you really, if you listen to those together, you'd be like, no, something either somebody had like a brain aneurysm or something because it's so different from those. Uh, but it uh, it works. Yeah, it he's, really he's it clearly really works. going through a reinvention. Yes. Record to record. And that's that's kind of what he does. Uh, he reinvents himself over and over and over again. Like he he takes on some task and conquers it, and then he's like, "Okay, now what's next?" Like even you know in his early his early career, he was a, a writer on Thirty Rock. Mm-hmm. He got hired uh, while he was still at NYU. In fact, he was living in the dorms uh, while he was a writer on Thirty Rock, and he did so well there. After I think it was three or four years. He, he went to Tina Fey and uh, one of the other head writers and was like, hey, I want to go try acting. And <laughs> Tina Fey has basically said she's like, normally when a writer says, oh, I want to go be an actor. You're like, great job, buddy. And, but in the back of your head, you're like, oh, no way. Yeah, OK, good luck out there. We'll see you in two this years back in another writer's room. This is going to yeah. be a huge disaster. And she was like 100 percent behind him. And she's like, you're one of the very few people that will absolutely go out there and crush it. And yeah, he was in. Oh, he's in The Martian, too. Mm-hmm. Community? Like, yeah. Let's see. I, I wrote down a whole list on here. Uh, Mystery Team was the very first movie that he was in, which he actually wrote and partially directed, in, but when he was still in college. 
Uh, obviously, he was in Community, The Lazarus Effect, mm. uh, Magic Mike XXL. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, obviously, he played uh, uh, Lando Calrissian in Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Martian, he played the technician guy. I can't think of what that's called now. All of a sudden, he plays the technician in uh, NASA's like headquarters. And then he also, uh, in 2017, I believe, wrote, co-wrote, produced, uh, co-directed, and was in a movie called Guava Island mm-hmm. that I haven't seen, but I have heard nothing I've heard good, good things, things about. about it. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen it either, but I've heard good things. Yeah. So, so he re- records, finishes because of the internet rap record, right? Tours with that. Re- reconvenes with his co-producer Ludwig Göransson to write some new songs. Now, wait a second. We just take a second to talk about this guy now. Yes, because if there's anyone that can compete with Donald Glover, it's this guy. On doing a shit ton of stuff and doing it all well, it's this guy. <laughs> so he is. He scored Black Panther, mm-hmm. which he won an Academy Award and a Grammy for. He also scored The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. scoring the next Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet. So again, Midas touch. Yeah. So after because of the internet, they sit down to write the this R and B record, and there are so many nods to '70s soul and funk that there's almost too many to name in this. It's like yeah. it's it's soaked with that sound. Yeah, and it's it's amazing how it's so, and it's not like a an over uh, overarching thing either. It's not like they were like, oh, we just listened to like Funkadelic and then kind of peppered it across the whole thing. Oh, no. It's so many different influences in here. The, another number that just totally stood out to me was uh, uh, Donald Glover has over 150 major award nominations and 44 wins. So that's... Uh, Grammys. It's almost Emmys. a third. It's almost 33%. Yeah. And how old is he? Uh, that's a good question. I should look that up. Yeah. I want to say like 32, 33, maybe. Uh, he was born September 25th, 1983. So he's 36. 36. Okay. Yeah. He's a year older than me. It doesn't make me feel like shit at all. No, not at all. I've still got several months to compete. Right. He's, <laughs> he's got I need 30 to, get, to 40 more years. Of I need career. to get 151 major award nominations in the next like nine months. Uh, that's a good question. He does Produ- not. Yeah. I, about, think he's I don't short think he has a Tony. Tony. But I think uh, <laughs> producer Randy just asked if he's egotted. He just, he's missing the Tony. Uh, he's probably at home going, why do I get that Tony? <laughs> what do I got to write to get that Tony? Oh, I'm sure he will, though. Oh, he'll get I it. I feel like something will come along. Somebody will come along and he'll be like, they'll be like, will you write a song for our musical or will you write the musical right, for us? Can we us? make Atlanta a, a musical? Oh, that'd be so cool. Right. Oh, sure. I'll do that. Uh, hold on. I got to spare a couple of hours. Let me knock it out. There's a boop, 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 done. <laughs> and here it is. Wow. That's that's award winning. <laughs> I know, that's right? A, that'll win an Tony Award. And EGA. exactly what you need. Complete the whole package. So you want to go track by track? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, I think the first thing that we probably need to talk about is uh, the name of the album, uh, Awaken My Love. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, just hearing it, my first thought was always just like, oh, obviously he's talking about a a girlfriend or, you know, something like that. And uh, and then somebody online pointed out that it's it's he's talking about his firstborn son. Yeah. Awaken My Love. It's his firstborn son who was born a few months before this album came out. Right. Which, and I was like, oh, yeah. And that makes sense because a lot of the songs on here are, you know, named after, you know, talking about his 
his son's mom or the first time they met or the there's what is the song Uh, baby boy baby boy Mm -hmm. yeah it's obviously about a baby boy which makes sense right the other thing that we should probably talk about before we start uh, talking about tracks is the cover of this album yes so uh, yeah i had that in my uh, i had that in my notes later because i'm a uh, album cover wonk i like that word wonk wonk and uh the way he utilized uh like a sculpture artist that, I mean, that's not a digitally made yeah. picture. It's, it's old school. What do you got there? Oh, I was gonna say, so it's a, it's a picture. Yeah. It's a photo, uh, by, uh, creative director, Ibra Ake. Uh, that's a model, uh, Giannina Otato. Uh, and it's a beaded headdress designed by Laura Wass of WXYZ jewelry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also included uh, as an Easter egg in the an epi- in the episode Juneteenth of, of Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, and there's uh, Donald Glover has appeared on a couple of different TV shows, James Corden's uh, late night show, and one other wearing a shirt with that on it mm-hmm. as well. But it's a it's a w- really cool looking, like it just stands out. Yeah, it's so that electric blue color just pops right out of the album cover at you. It looks fantastic. It's kind of startling. Yeah. It's just, it, it catches your eye as yes. like if go back in time, back to uh, old school record shops and stuff, that would definitely be something that would, I would uh, gravitate towards just because it's so unique. Yeah. And be like, yes, yes. I want to hear what this, what this, what is in this. Yeah. So Definitely. I want to see it like, cause I've only ever seen it digitally, you know? Yeah. I, I'm curious to see, I'm really thinking about, uh, oh, that's something else we should talk about before we get into this too. Uh, the album, it was actually released as a, uh, virtual experience yes. first. So, uh, they, at, in Joshua tree, California, they took three days and they recorded, uh, using a, a 3d virtual reality camera setup. Uh, they recorded this live experience. Mm-hmm. There was uh, performances of, I don't know if it was all the songs or some of the songs from this album, but then you could download an app for your phone and uh, experience it in, you know, sort of a, an augmented reality situation. Mm-hmm. However, if you buy the extended um, album of this, uh, Something else unique I want to talk about in just a second that we'll come back to. But one of the things that comes with it is a um, not cardboard, cardstock cutout that you fold together and then you put your smartphone in it and it's a pair of VR goggles. Right. So you can put them on, open up the app, and literally you are there with your headphones and your VR goggles on and you can look around and see the whole performance at Joshua, at Joshua tree. tree. Yeah. It sounds really cool. Yeah, that's just great packaging. It's yeah. great design. It's, it's what lots of people don't pay any attention to anymore. Yeah. The other crazy thing that was really stood out to me was the, the extended vinyl. It's a full size record, but it's recorded at 45 RPM mm. and it's specifically for higher quality. I thought that was cool. I've never seen that before. Me either. I've seen it the opposite way around where there's a tiny record recorded at 33 RPM Mm -hmm. so that you can get more play out of it. But I've never seen a large record recorded at 45 before. Interesting. And I hadn't, I just found that out like this morning when I was going through some notes. So that's a, that's a good tidbit. Yeah. Thought it was cool. 
So anyways, uh, track breakdown. First one's called sure. Me and Your Mama. Right. Not not me and your mama. No, not Matthew. my mama. No, it's me just and the, your it's, mama. It's just the name of the song. Right away, I was like, "What exactly am I getting myself into with the the whole music <laughs> box open?" And then that, yeah. and then that groove hits, and I'm like, "Oh hell yeah, yeah!" Right? It's dirty, yet impeccably produced. The cosmic echo he uses on the on his voice, he uses it sparingly, but but really thoughtfully in the song. And I get a lot of prints on yes. this song, vocal-wise. There's just so much character to it right off the bat. What do you got there? Oh, pretty much the same thing. They yeah. just wrote that it starts out kind of slow and, and very like musical, and then that choir comes in with "I'm in love when we're smoking that la la la." Yeah, and it just and then all of a sudden there's that hook, and the song completely changes. And oh it's, yeah, it's like a totally different song, and then it gets like frantic in the middle, and then it slows back down. And it's very lyrical and guitar-y at the end, and it kind of plays itself out. And then there's that cool, like, womp, womp keyboard at the end. But I literally, like, the note that I wrote down for this is, this is a fuck song. <laughs> well, of course you And did. I mean that, I mean that in, a, like, a good way, because... Uh, well, I'd hope so. I think, so, if you think the name of the song is Me and Your Mama, yeah, I think this is about when that baby was conceived. Because it literally, think about it, it's them hanging around and they're just you know it's a quiet night and they're you know maybe smoking a little bit on the couch and kind of laying around mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it gets a little hot and heavy I and they are see, just yeah. they're fucking <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's when that drop happens and it just is it gets frantic and hard and then it's yeah hard randy <laughs> and then it starts to slow back down and that's the aftermath that's the afterglow the slow down until i like they it. fell asleep that's, that's a, exactly what I think this song is. That's a that's a very good um, breakdown of that. It's a fuck song. Well, yeah, there you go. Sorry if anybody was listening to this out loud in an office or right, a professional or a, setting. Right, or in a car with their right. kids. Yeah. Sorry. Kyle apologizes. Sorry, kids. It's a it's a love song. Right? It's a making love song. A making love song. <laughs> the mommy and daddy love what? songs. <laughs> Uh, Audio Judo presents Mommy Mommy and Daddy Daddy Love love Songs. songs. 12 (laughs) songs to love to. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Moving on. Yes. Second track, Have Uh, Some Love. Parliament Funkadelic. Oh, my God. It is like splattered with it. Yep. Uh, Name another 70s funk band, and there's probably some elements of them in there, too. Specifically, uh, Can You Get to That from Maggot Brain? Oh, yeah. It it is like, I mean, just even the same. (laughs) It is the same. It's so. It is Maggot Brain. It's fantastic. And I could do without the cheesy lyrics, but all in all, this is one of those records, which is rare for me, that I'm not listening typically to what he says at all, but more focused on how he says it. Like, I'm, I'm totally ignoring the content of his lyric which is very interesting in a minute here oh. well we'll get to this in a minute i'm, I'm oh. so glad you said that i could say it again you can say it again if you want i'm not listening to what he says but more focused on how he says it not worried about the content of the lyrics so much as the delivery interesting boogeyman boogeyman more george clinton yes but, i have uh, no idea what he's doing to his voice but i love it right so this is a, a, a I love this word, port, I, but I always pronounce it wrong. Portmanteau. Oh, portmanteau. Portmanteau of uh, the the word 
boogeyman. Yeah. Obviously, but it's spelled differently. Yeah, yeah. And uh, boogie, like, you know. Like dancing. Getting down, obviously. Uh, obviously, it's hugely inspired by uh, I'm Your Boogeyman by Casey and the Casey Sunshine, and the Sunshine Band. Band. Yep. However, uh, this is where it, uh, what you just said comes kind of uh, becomes kind of interesting because you listen to this song and it's kind of a fun, upbeat, you know. Yep. Uh, uh, happy song. Uh, he's actually saying here that uh, the Boogeyman is what the media and let's be real here, white society has painted black people as, as the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I could remember the exact line. It's, uh, you know, you, uh, you've decided already in your brain, basically that, uh, in the bowels of your brain, you've decided that we're bad. And so we are, or something like that. I, I forget the exact. Yeah. Line I read the that. lyrics. I just, I'm not listening to them. Yeah. I read them all and I, and he's got a lot to say. Oh, there's so there's a lot of depth there. Yeah. Wait, there, it's very intense. Yeah. But I'm not listening to it in the song because it's so counterintuitive yeah. to the way the, the song actually sounds. I think that's why it works so well. It does work well. Ooh. I like that song. But it's, I can and uh, feel like I'm watching an episode of Barney Miller <laughs> when I'm listening to this song. It's like I can picture a, a cop sliding across the hood of his car in slow motion. Yes. Right? And I love the ride out ending. Musically, it's like really sharp and cool. It's like a solid 45 seconds with no lyrics yeah. kind of repeating itself. But it's like, like it's getting down. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's getting down. <laughs> it's boogieing <laughs> down. Boogieing down. Uh, Zombies is next. And this is, this is a theme that appears in this kind of over and over and over again. This song is so much about, um, how all the people around you, once you become successful, start feeding off of you. Uh-huh. They start trying to, you know, take what you got. Uh, what was the line? We're coming out to get you. Uh, we're also glad we met you. We're eating you for profit. There's no way to stop it. Hmm. I mean, how do you? What's he saying, I Kyle? Know. I don't know. I don't. Uh, perhaps you're reading too much into that. No, right? that's pretty accurate. Uh, also fantastic vocals on here by, uh, Carrie. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Fox, but it's spelled foe. Ah, so I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Carrie Fox, but she spelled it foe. I'm going to so, take your word for it. Uh, I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Somebody could correct this. It's a, like, it's like he reached out into the eighties R and B landscape. And yes. This. It's like really close. Like, um, so a band that I listened to and loved for years, um, it's called a uh, fishbone mm-hmm. started out as a ska band did some punk dabbled in some metal and stuff and they uh they touched on this sound in the late 80s and they released an album um that alternated between r&b and ska pretty successfully um and this was a, a kind of departure for them for their sound because they primarily before that were just a ska band so if you want to listen to a great record that kind of covers this similar sound. Uh, check out Fishbone's Truth and Soul, Ooh. which is um, they do some great Curtis Mayfield, uh, Freddie's Dead and stuff like that. It's just super good. And it, it was such a uh, change of character from what they had been doing before. So listen to that, too. I might cover that later. So Riot. Riot. I have uh, Prince or Lenny Kravitz. Take your pick. Ooh. What more do you say to that? It's really short. 
but I could listen to this song yeah. over and over and it, over again. It feels like you're in a riot. It's so good. It reminded me a lot of um, uh, Funkadelic's "Good to Your Ear Hole." Oh, that's a good song. It's too. a it's a good song, and it, it it somebody pointed that out online, and I was like, oh yeah, they do have a lot in common, mm-hmm. which is, is cool. Well, it's splattered all across yeah. this record is is that kind of sound, uh, even. Well, we get to Redbone. Yeah, let's let's get there. Redbone is the next song. That's the song that was the hit from this album. Which, uh, I did not know this until just the other day. That's actually uh, the title. Redbone is actually a slang term for a light-skinned uh, black person mm-hmm. with uh, red undertones. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, Randy's nodding. His head yes, I had no idea. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, to me, it's another Prince-like falsetto. That yeah. he uses throughout Rolling Stone review, which, by the way, was excellent. Ooh. Called this a spacey boogie exploration that thumps with thick lowrider bass. Ooh. So I had heard this song before I listened to the record. So it was nice and surprising to find out that that was Childish Gambino. Because yeah. when I first heard the song, I had no idea that that's who that was. <laughs> and so it's like, what? The, oh, what? I know this song. Even even Ryan knows this yeah, song. Yeah, right. I mean it was it was very popular. It was played on, you know, uh top top radio top ten radio hit shows. Yeah. What do you have written DJs down for Redbone? Nothing? Just that? No, I, I wrote down that it's got that uh great like heartbeat like beat behind it that you hear mm-hmm. just really playing at the beginning, that boom, 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 boom. Uh and it's obviously again Funkadelic, George Clinton influenced really heavily. Somebody uh, somebody suggested online that it actually pulls some stuff from uh, Portrait of Tracy by uh, Jacko Pistorius. Wow. Oh, Jacko. Yeah. Is it Jacko or Jaco? I have Jacko. I have heard it pronounced both ways. Jacko. Pistorius. Oh, he was yeah. genius. Absolutely I, I, genius. I had never heard that song. I'm sure I'd heard it before, but had never like actively listen to it. And I went and listened to it and it's nobody played like that guy. Yeah. Nobody. You, you can hear some of those influences though in it. And it's uh, it's, it, it's cool. It's cool that they pulled from so many different sources and were influenced by so much. Yeah. I, and I know I keep saying that over and over again, but it's cool. So, right. California, California. That was one of the ones I could do without Think so? Yeah, it was kind of takes me it, out of the whole vibe of the record. It definitely does not feel like anything else on this record. It's got a very like tropical, tropical, almost. beachy vibe to it. Yeah, it, it. And again, if what you're saying is accurate, which I have no reason to believe that it isn't, and this is one long narrative to his kid, mm-hmm. then that would make more sense as a, in the narrative. Yes, as a musical piece, standalone. It does not fit in with the rest of everything else. No, it does not. But because you're taking it as a whole, if this is, oh, maybe his kid is in California, uh, maybe he's not with his kid yeah. or his kid's mother. Well, and I think this song and the next song, Terrified, are a pair. Okay. And my thoughts being, this song is him saying, you know, she wants to go to California. She must have fucking lost her mind. Yeah. And he's talking about, obviously, the mother of his son. Yeah. And she's saying, I want to move to California because that's where the music industry is. That's where all the popular people are. We can make money. We can make a life for ourselves right. there. And if we go do that, 
then we will have a future for our kid and we'll be together. And then terrified, the next song, it's him saying, please don't take the baby away from me. Yeah. And I think that it's really, it's her from California. Maybe she has, maybe she's made that decision. She's going to California with or without him. Right. And he, he now has to decide, do I follow her uh, to stay with the baby or do I stay here and continue to pursue whatever it is that I'm doing now, but not be a good father? That's interesting. And I kind of feel like they, like I said, they, they fit together, but I really, I agree with you that California as an overall, from an album standpoint, it doesn't fit with no. this album. Like you could lose that track and this album would lose nothing as a musical album. Correct. As a story narrative, I think there's a little bit of a little bit more to it. Right. And that makes sense. Cause I hadn't put that together, but that absolutely makes sense. Uh, terrified is a, gr- holy shit. Yeah. I don't know if is that is that Daniel Glo- or Donald Glover or D'Angelo, because it's so freaking good. Yeah, it's so good. And like, where did this voice come from? Yeah, and the lyrics are questionable, but to me, but who really cares? Because yeah. it's such a good song. I'm like, man, again, this guy's just knocking it out of the park yeah. every time. And then baby boy, eh, well, I get the sentiment. One other note I got to put in here. Go too, ahead, because uh. California, he mentions DC Fly. Uh, she wants to meet DC Fly or be with DC Fly. Uh-huh. He was a famous, uh, was or is, I guess I should say, a famous uh, Vine personality. Ah, and I had I never heard of him before, but he made a whole bunch of really funny short vines. Interesting, that are really good. And I'll post a link to like. There's a whole bunch of compilations. He must have made thousands of them because the compilation I watched when I looked him up. There were, I think it was like his top 150, and I was like, "Oh my what? god!" Well, his they're all like five seconds, seven seconds. That's long, true. They're right? only, you know, yeah, I think six, six or seven seconds long, but they're pretty funny. Baby boy, baby boy. I get the sentiment, and it, and if like I'll have to go back and listen to it as a narrative, the way mm-hmm. you're explaining it. Um, this is one that just doesn't work for me personally. Yeah, as I said, the voice is great. You know, just seems a little heavy-handed and forced. Yeah, the groove is nice. It just doesn't work as a whole for me. And, and I do personally. kind of feel like something else with this album. I feel like there was a before and after he knew that he was going to be a father. Because hmm. there's some songs on here that kind of fit the narrative, but not entirely. And then there's some that are really blatantly like, okay, this is you know, this is you know, baby boy. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. named for him. It's all about the baby, right? You know, even uh, terrified, obviously. Yeah, but I kind of feel like it was probably like a two-stage recording process, and he had the ideas or the seeds of the ideas, uh, but after he found out he was going to be a father, he expanded on them more. And again, that's my personal. No, that makes sense. It, that makes sense. Uh, but I, I would I would tend to agree with you. This does again feel a little as part of the narrative, if it's okay, right? As the song, yeah, yeah, meh. Uh, the night me and your mama met. It's a nice instrumental piece. It's great. With that harmony in the background, the wah guitar. Yeah, it's a it's a nice guitar piece. I really like that song. This is this is the song with the Glockenspiel mentioned oh, Glockenspiel. earlier. Well, yeah, Glockenspiel. Again, the uh, Childish Gambino playing the Glockenspiel. Outrageous, right? Who knows how to play a Glockenspiel? Everybody, but everybody Kyle. but Kyle. And then stand tall. Mm-hmm. Fitting ended yes. or a fitting ending 
to a well-crafted record. Agreed. Singing straight, so no effects on his voice, no falsetto. And there's so much richness in his voice that I did not expect. And then he brings that gospel choir back in. And it's just a wonderful close to a wonderful record. Yes. It's really, really well done. I like it when an album has a definitive end to it. Yes. They don't just like end a song and you're like, oh, is that really where the album's going to end? Yeah, we but ran like out of how, ideas. So I like how it closes. We it just out. stopped. Yeah, it's very well done. Yeah. All in all, just a just a really, really great record. Yes. It's like I think we both said this at the beginning. This is not a genre that I would normally listen to. This isn't in my wheelhouse normally, no. but I, I love this album. And I, since it's come out, I've listened to it probably every 60-ish days. Something will come up and I'll be like, oh, I should go listen to that again. That's a nice time frame. Yeah. But that's good. It, we you know, need to stretch our legs, need, need to expand those horizons and listen to stuff that maybe isn't in our uh, paradigm. Yeah. And... And listen to it and, and explore it and be able to pass on good information to the people that are bothering to listen to us. Yes. And maybe you'll go out and go, oh, I haven't heard that. Or I've heard Redbone, but I haven't heard the rest of the stuff and, and you know, get turned on to the music and really give it a good listen. Yeah. That is, uh, so that is Awaken My Love a by Childish, Childish Gambino. Gambino. Um, I have one thing to close with. Okay. That is unrelated to the record. Ooh. Um, Oh, I know we had done it in the past, but we got a bit of a in memoriam. Um, so December 30th, um, Neil Innes, who uh, was the more or less the seventh uh, Monty Python uh, member, uh, the unofficial seventh Monty Python mm-hmm. uh, member, passed away. He was in a band called Bonzo's Dog Doodoo, uh, Bonzo, Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. <laughs> which was in a hard day's night for the Beatles. Um, and he was good friends with George Harrison oh. and he got involved with Monty Python. He was, uh, Robin's head minstrel. Yes. He wrote most of the songs that they would record. Um, and he was someone that, uh, was very inspiring just musically. Uh, if you've never heard of the Ruddles, he was, uh, the John uh, the Ruddles are a parody of the Beatles, uh, and he was played the John Lennon character Ron Nasty in <laughs> the Ruddles, which was uh, co-produced by Eric Idle from Monty Python. And he, um, you need to go listen to these songs. Um, they're not Beatles spoofs; they're facsimiles of Beatles songs. They sound so much like Beatles songs that you would think. That's what they are. He was a gifted songwriter. So uh, years back, 1990, 91, uh, show consultant Chris and I went to a record show. Uh, Chris was really interested in getting Beatles paraphernalia. I was looking for other things. And while I was there, uh, thumbing through the Beatles stuff, I came across a record for the Ruddles that I purchased. And I have right here. And it is... Yellow vinyl. Yeah. Transparent yellow vinyl. Right? That's pretty It's sweet. one of my prized possessions. I love that record. A peeled banana right? on the inside label. That's cool. Right, because it's banana core instead of apple Ooh. core. <laughs> but go do yourselves a favor. Go out and listen to it. There's a record called Archaeology. 
Beatles had anthology. Ruddles have archaeology. Go listen to a few songs in that and tell me that's just not gifted songwriting. But he passed away and just um, just give him a second to uh, get into your heart because he's a he was a really gifted songwriter. Hmm. But that's all I have. I just wanted to mention that. That's a that's a good. Uh, it's a bummer that he's gone. Yeah. That's a that's a nice little uh, memory there. Yeah. So uh, this was our first uh, go round in our new digs. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're out of our garage. That. Out of our out of Matthew's garage into Matthew's spare bedroom, which will now become Audio Judo's podcast studio. Ooh, yeah! Uh, new equipment, just a whole new vibe for 2020. We're excited. We're we're back on the horse, <laughs> so to speak. With it's, I'm still impressed. You got the horse into this bedroom. Well, I mean, you know, it's a mini horse. It's, I mean, it's a small horse, but it's still, it's a, it poops a lot. Well, and you, you're going to have to pay somebody to come in. You're not going to clean up all this horse poop. No. So you're going to have to pay somebody to come in here and clean up this horse poop. The dog's scared of the horse. The right, dog's scared of everything. Yeah. Dog's terrified of you. The dog is very terrified of me, but it's uh, it's going to be fun. Right. It should be cool. Uh, so enjoy listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Next episode is Pink Floyd's Momentary Lapse of Reason, Ooh. which will be nice and exciting. Yeah. Lots to talk about for that one. Um, but before then, yes, get in touch with us. Yes. So, uh, you know, we were talking about how this is kind of outside of our wheel wheelhouse. Please let us know if there's something else that, uh, you think is probably outside of our wheelhouse that we would actually enjoy listening to. Uh, and then we can uh, maybe put it in a future episode. So it doesn't uh, matter the genre. Just go ahead and throw it at us. Yeah. Uh, you can get in touch with us. Uh, email us info at audio judo.com, uh, facebook.com forward slash audio judo. Uh, Twitter at Audio Judo, Instagram at Audio Judo. And I think that's everything, right? I believe so. Cool. So everybody uh, have a good couple of weeks. Indeed. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks a lot for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. 
Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.